We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Mailbag Edition Trade Deadline Show. Want to hey, give it a second? Want to give it a second? We give it a second. We gonna blow up? We gonna blow up? We good? We good? We good? Comcast, you gonna screw me over this time? No. All right. We're good. You know what's funny is for the people that are on the live watch parties, but for the people who are, kind of an inside joke is on one of the live watch parties, I, we were talking about internet speed. And we ran my internet speed, and everybody was clowning how mm. bad an internet I had. And you were like, I got the hard wire. I got yeah. business class. Yeah. And then boom, and then, boom, the next show we do, mine blows up a minute 30 in. <laughs> yeah, it was. I uh, I got like three different updates. Well, we're supposed to have you back up in an hour. We're supposed to have you back up in an hour. I actually yeah. waited until about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was going to do. Why? Because I'm a lunatic. Go to um, bed. What? <laughs> I got honestly, man. I got that cortisone shot the other day, and I've been like, like just rolling, and yeah. But again, appreciate you all being here. Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague. It is a trade deadline show edition mailbag. I have, I think, sixty questions when it was all said and done. Yeah, I've I tried to go through them all. I've I've kind of grouped them into some things into my notes. Before we dive into it, like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show, share us with your friends, share us with your family, help us kind of get back on track now that my computer's not blowing up, my internet's not blowing up, we're going to ramp up, get ready for the trade deadline, and then the basketball's going to stop and I'm going to have surgery. (laughs) (laughs) That's how this stuff goes. Um, But before we dive into it, I want to set the ground rules. And not necessarily like, thou shalt not make trades that are stupid, because that goes without saying there's no guarantees though (laughs) there's always an owner um (laughs) but understanding what the blazers are working with um one of my personal pet peeves is nobody in the nba has zero trade value does yusuf nurkic have zero trade value no no does josh hart have zero trade value no does yusuf nurkic or josh hart or justice winslow Anybody else who's hurt, uh, Baji, anybody else who has a minor injury right now, does it affect their trade value? No. Now, if somebody has a tear, <laughs> fracture, right? sure, it's going to affect some trade value. Run-of-the-mill stuff, not going to impact this because deals that are going to get done, they're not about the deal 
right this second. They're about to deal post-All-Star break, that last push down the stretch, okay? So, let's before we dive into deals and thoughts processes, uh, the homie Jared Cowley, um, it's one of the first questions in here, the, the digital producer at KGW, um, he wants us to rank the players you think are the most likely to be traded at the deadline and how much trade value those players have. And I think that's a very, very good place to start. Um, I am going to start by saying this. I am going to mute Trade and Lillard <laughs> in the comments because it is a non-starter. <clears throat> also, I, I just don't, yeah, I mean. It is a, that's not even like my like own what, personal what, thing. What are it's, we it's, thinking at this point? It's, it's, like, it's gone. Like, I have seen so much on Reddit and uh really oh god yes you need to stop going to reddit bro um, I, I went to reddit once uh, and i was like there, nah, there's there's, there's, there's two camps there's, there's the there's the trade dame for picks group and there's the trade ant uh and let's start shading group and both groups are insane both both groups are out of their ever-loving minds i mean I'll, um, I'll go to the other groups i won't go to those groups. yeah those 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 are like the two tribes like if we were starting at like the beginning of civilization they like burn each other down that's that's how that goes mm. um but understanding that so let's take damian lord out of this equation his trade value <clears throat> what he's worth he's you just saw what he's worth you do what you can to put the right stuff around him okay so most valuable trade assets outside of damian lord number one is anthony simons mm-hmm that is, I'm, without a doubt, talking to people around the league, talking to people in the organization, it is Anthony Simons. Yes. I want to frame this for, for folks that don't understand, and this is not me talking about Ant. This is how other organizations view Ant. Do you know what assistant coaches, or not assistant coaches, what head coaches, what they say, Brandon, in, in pregame scrums, who they have to slow down every night when they come to town? Is it, Damon, is it Damon Jeremy? Is it Damon no. Nurk? No. Damon Shaden? No. Damon Josh Hart? Sometimes, no. No. It's who? Damon Simons. And the the level that of respect that opposing coaches have for Anthony Simons is very high. <laughs> and it's not that they disrespect the other guys. That in that fraternity of individuals, they know what the most intrinsically valuable thing is in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm. It is scoring, scoring efficiently, and scoring at all levels. Anthony Simons is 23 years old, and he has shown a capacity to do it at a very high level. Mm -hmm. That puts Ant, boop, right there. Number two, and you're just a fraction behind him, because it's the second most valuable thing in the NBA. It's that wing body in Jeremy Grant. Okay. I don't think a world exists where they would trade Jeremy. But breaking assets. Anthony one. Jeremy two. The fact that Ant is under contract going into the next TV deal at a very good number right now. Mm -hmm. Outside of a rookie deal, he is in a sweet spot. After that, it is Shaden Sharp. After that, then you can start having discussions. Is That's all about team need. Is it big? Is it a wing? Is, is, is it, it GP? Yeah. Is it Nas? 
Is it Nurk? <clears throat> is it Josh? Is it Justice? It, you can have a lot of different discussions about how you want to rank those guys based on what's available out there. It is, that's kind of what it is. Okay. Beyond that, the only world that I see the Blazers going over the the tax line, which they are $67,000 away from, is to go and get an absolute stud. That's the only way they will go in the tax and start that clock early. Would you like to quickly define, I mean, you could probably use two players from the same team, define stud. I don't think they would for just OG and Nobi. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be. What like about a, his teammate? Pascal Siakam would be the line. Okay. Yes. I think once you click. So if Jeremy and OG are near at all-star right circumstance level, it's that mm-hmm. next step. Like if you wanted to really split a hair, I think they would for Mikhail Bridges. Because I think Mikhail is viewed as a guy that does have maybe one more gear left offensively as far as development is concerned. Also, well, I mean, nobody would know that better than the letter O, though. A guy who trains with him in the offseason. Yeah, there's a back connection. <laughs> so, um, I think that's part of, of where it's at. Uh, the other part of this is, is the Portland Trailblazers, while they do have first-round picks, they would have to peel back the protections on the one owed to the Chicago Bulls and guarantee it to them this year. Mm-hmm. Okay? I think there is a world where that happens if a Pascal Siakam is available. I don't foresee that instance opening up. More than that, the Blazers are currently, what, two games from 13th and two games from 5th. Mm-hmm. That is far, far, far and away too dicey to remove protections on a pick in a lottery that I have heard probably the top nine picks are very, very, it's not just the top two. Yes, Wemby is a god, and yes, Scoot is transcendent. There are dudes after them who have size and athleticism that I think guys like Schmitz and Joe and Sergi and Andre would love, love to add if they did bottom out. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that covers all of the ground rule stuff. Now let's go into what who's most likely to be traded. Oh, thank you. Oh. Uh, thank you, sir. Oh, that'll be great in the edit. My uh, my my throat is completely cooked, and my wife brought me some throat coat tea. What are we laughing about here? Bro, like if this if my arm was your body, this is just imagine this is your this is your torso. Mm-hmm. This was you in the camera. <laughs> oh. Oh. I don't move well. <laughs> yeah, obviously. You sounded like an 83-year-old man that fell. I, I don't I don't move well. Okay. I think we need to get you a life alert. Um, well, I mean, that does, we've had that discussion before. Um, but now who's, let's, let's go with the most likely candidates to be moved. Who do you think are the most likely candidates to be moved, Brandon? 
Oh, I think we got big 27 and we got we got big number 11. I think we're we're eyeing those two cats right now. If we turn in terms of talking about value, mm-hmm. because I, I we text about this on the side uh, the other day because you had said that kind of line like, hey, they're two from this, they're two from that, and I think currently as they are, I know they got schedule stuff coming up, but I just think currently as they are, they're closer to the the bottom of that than the upper. Now the right move, I think. You get back in this conversation because I think mm-hmm. the way Dame's playing and you add the right pieces to this, um, I think you very well could be talking about that two games back of five situation. Um, so I think I think you'd have to go to those two, and it would just depend on who wants to take on a contract and who's looking for some perimeter ball handling help right now in a contending spot. Yes. So for those that, that aren't, keeping track of 2711 that's Yusuf Nurkic and Josh Hart. Um I have heard in the past 48 hours that the market around Josh Hart has heated up heated up that the correct tense has, heated up yeah. Yeah. It just sounds Sound weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um hottened up around Josh Hart. That sounded weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um but it, it has heated up quite a bit around Josh Hart and the theory right now from those that I have talked to is that there would be, I want to make like a word above surprise, shock, shock if Josh Hart was a Portland Trailblazer after the trade deadline. That's where I would like if we're going like DefCon one two three four five surprised is like eh, down the middle, you know, eh, yeah, it'd be a surprise if he was here. That's kind. Of, I mentally, I tell you right now, it'd be a surprise for me. Yeah, I I would be shocked if Josh was not here. Or if Josh was here post trade deadline, and I don't, I don't say this as a slight to him at all. Josh has proven in his short time here so far, like dude's tough. Yes, dude, dude, listen- is, dude is dude is a beast. But what I was going to say was, he suffered an injury in an area you don't want to press. And if you're already looking at future stuff, like yes, and, and of course Brandon's up to talk about press it. Last night he left the game with a hamstring injury. No, it's not a precursor to like we better pull him out because we're dealing him right now this isn't Harrison Barnes getting traded mid-game but if the hamstring is problematic I would you probably won't see him the rest that's of the, what of I'm the saying day. if Trade it's like them. a yeah. week or two it's mm-hmm. like at that point you might as there's, well there's no there's yeah. no reason to know <clears throat> that no um because I think they're gonna do a lot of guys right no matter what mm-hmm. happens or how this shakes out I think they're gonna try to do guys right mm-hmm. and in that situation like I just see the Blazers going hey like you're going to come back and you're going to contribute. Yeah. And I and I don't think that they would force hell if justice was included in the deal cuz he's recovering from his ankle. I don't think they would be like, "Hey, we need you for this one game." Like if that right. was the case, they would just Yep. Hey man, we're like stuff's going to happen and good organizations do that. Yep. So, um I would also expect that if a deal is done looking for context clues, who was just sent down to the G League today? Oh, I actually Brown. missed this. Greg, okay. Brown, the Greg Brown was. Yeah. Okay. So for the third time, you know, it'd be nice if, uh, imagine if the, if the new GM decided that the, uh, using the G league was, uh, was viable. Huh? Hey man, Greg. he, he, he told, he told, he told us, huh. he, he came on the radio show and he's like, yo, I absolutely believe in it. Huh? That's weird. That's if only somebody else had heard that. Anyways, um, let's get those Beaverton blazers going, <laughs> but, um, Greg would be the the cheapest way. You let's say that 
with Josh's contract, the Blazers bring back $15 million. Mm-hmm. The simplest way for the Blazers to get under would be to uh, trade Greg to a team for the Mo Harkless Memorial second round pick, which is the top 55 protected second round pick. The equivalent of a, the draft pick equivalent of a used ball rack. <laughs> it is the minimum amount that you can kind of go to. Yeah. Um, but then you go and you sign a uh, vetman prorated contract and they does not count against the cap. And that's how you get underneath. So um, that's, that's kind of the lane that I would ultimately end up falling into mm-hmm. um, when we're talking about this. But that's kind of the framing for where this all ends up going. Um, let's get into some questions, though, because I have we have so so many. I, I want I took fifteen minutes to kind of set everything up and kind of get everything on here. But um, well, I, I think I think it's important to set it up. Though. Yeah, because like, it, it, it is important. It, it is, you know, you you're around this. You, you're one of the beat guys. It's you. It's quick. It's Ventress. It's hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's Casey. Like yeah. You're you're at all the games. You you go to the practices when you can. Like, it's good to set it up how you think that they're viewing this right now. Because I, you know, it's it's one thing for us to have kind of generalized thoughts and opinions on it. It's it's another to talk to people around the organization and and kind of get a real feel of like, yo, this is this is the way we're kind of viewing this stuff. Yeah, uh, I've made I've made calls to agents and other execs around the league. I've talked to. Uh, other reporters, as they've, as they, that's the nice thing about seeing having the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs come through in the last couple of days, and the Lakers, mm-hmm. um, three teams that are expected to be very active in the trade deadline, is that I was able to talk to some other folks there, pick their brains. I could give them some intel, kind of do the uh, intel shuffle, uh, as it were, to see kind of what picture is painting what, and. Um, this is, I think, where, where we end up as far as this is a great question from from Shane Lowell here uh, at Slow is Quicker. Do you think the Blazers would look to sell more than buy at the deadline? Um, not to lose games, obviously, but perhaps part with Nurk or Hart or both to bolster not only front court defense, but get some bench guys. Maybe like a Pirtle or a Keldon and swap for Nurk, Keon picks if they have any. Da, 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 da. Less about that combo and more about the idea of being a buyer or seller. If you're looking at the at the Blazers right now, Brandon, and what they have mm-hmm. available and what's out there, what would you classify them as? As a buyer or a seller? Or both? You know, there there's an aspect where so I'm just I'm 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 spitballing out loud with some of this stuff to kind of give you an idea of how I'm viewing it. I think there are some teams out there that could actually dive into the buying sweepstakes. Because they're not bad teams, and I think you can make an argument, you need to start setting culture at some point for your organization. Mm -hmm. And if you told me there was a scenario where it was project bench guy and a way to fill the financials, but tying draft capital to a guy like Josh, I wouldn't be surprised by that. So in a weird, what I'm trying to say is, I think in some situations it wouldn't shock me if it came off as sellerish, because I don't, I don't think you're packaging everybody in one deal. So you, you might have multiple deals. You could have two, three deals mm. transpire, and I think in that situation you could afford to be a seller in some ways, to still because sell on one act, transaction, buy yes, on another. 
because it's, yeah. it's an asset obtaining situation. Mm-hmm. Even though you want to win and surround Dame with the best possible scenario, you're also still doing the balancing act of youth with win now. And I still think there's value in obtaining assets to help yourself in the future if any youth, quote unquote, became available or an option to have conversations with other teams. Sure. I, I, I get what you're, what you're saying there. Um, it's going to be... How this ends up shaking out is going to be really interesting. I classify them more as buyers, but my point I, is if they had two or three deals, I think you could sell off a little bit and you could end up with some assets. That end up getting pushed into something else. Yes. yes. I, 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 I think yes. that's very much yes. the case too. Um, there are multiple teams that I know that are interested in, in a player. Like, so let, let's use Josh Hart. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's been reported that the Pete and the Knicks um, are interested. I know of a couple other teams as well. Um, mm-hmm. The Heat are desperate. Y- yes. Um, <clears throat> does trading Josh Hart to the Knicks for OB in a first because they've got some extra draft capital if they want to hold on to, to Grimes or, or McBride or whoever it was or OB and one of those guys. Do, do the Blazers want those guys? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't think they necessarily want to get younger. But mm-hmm. maybe they would trade to New York in order to get young pieces to send to Utah for like a Jared Vanderbilt. I can mm-hmm. see I can see that happening. Because as much as you look at a team you look at a guy like Josh Hart who, you know, the, the Jazz played a bunch of young guards last night. Do they need a guy like Josh Hart? Yeah. But I don't think they need that guy right now. I think I think Danny Ainge is going to very much be among the no 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 we're not going to tank we're not going to tank we're not going to tank all star break tank. I mean they've already they were one of the great starts of the yep. league with the Blazers and they're right there they've fallen. So um, if you were going to get a Vanderbilt kind of guy, going and getting draft capital, and then a, another part of that, or Josh goes to. Uh, Miami, I, I don't think they have a ton of draft capital left. I, I think they have a little bit, but I'm just, mm-hmm. again. You're just, yeah, yeah, we're just spitballing. Spitballing yeah. more than anything else. Yes. You redirect that to another team, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's an interesting spot for them to end up. What I don't think happens is, I don't think you're going to, like, the um, Fanspo slash uh, ESPN trade machine eight team deal. <laughs> like I don't I don't think we're gonna get that. I don't I don't think we're gonna get that or But the, those are my favorite two oh God, those are so put fun. together, man. You're like when, man, when you, I could when you finally get it and like you get it oh. success, you're like, Yes <laughs> Yeah, and you look around, there's only a couple losses. There's like hey, win plus two. Hey, yeah, win plus everything's one. even across this. the board. Like in the money change that changes hands is like within like three million across the board. You're like, Yeah, it's good, good, good. I have changed everything but solved nothing. It would be really <laughs> funny to play a game since All Star Weekend is becoming a little dull. It'd be really funny to create like a thirty minute program where you get six fans that give their tr- their best trade machine ideas in mm. front of four panel general managers. And they vote on who actually came up with the legit they, best They they do trade. this at summer league um, in the sports business classroom. Shout out! Oh, to, do they really? Shout out to Dave DeFore who who helps lead that uh, down there. Um, but they they have a mock thirty like GM yeah. trade summit, and they like 
guys like they they do a full draft and run down it like it's it's a super cool thing it's also it's, it's not 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 cheap but it's a well, it doesn't uh, sound cheap no no but it's a pretty rad experience and it's uh it's a hell of an entry into uh into that world but but um, i'm having like daryl morey in front of joe below and going that oh, financially yeah. would well, make the, the, no the, sense or this would not work for us in any way yes and you're actually having like those like actual gms in the room for this it's it's pretty rad yeah we get like a simon cow situation where you've got william hung it's gonna be bang. a no for me yeah yeah and you're like thanks for wasting our time all of the new york knicks trade slop for donovan mitchell <laughs> no 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 uh, guys today Giannis to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let me walk you through this. <laughs> All of the picks. Um, King and Spend Love at King and Spend Love. Is there anyone you could realistically get you'd be willing to trade Ant or Sharp for? Is it better to ride at the season and make a bigger move in the summer? Less about Ant and Sharp and more about the move for the summer for me. Um, I, I find it very hard for me to believe that a player that would require either of them being traded becomes available at the deadline. Yeah, I, I I just think an easy way to answer is first of all for me, uh, absolute open. Hey, hits. Well, here's my phone number. Call me. Uh, but in terms of the deal and being yes. realistic, I zero expectation. We're talking about that kind of stuff here at yeah. the deadline. I, I, it doesn't. It doesn't. Unless something goes sideways in the next week, it doesn't feel like that caliber of player is yeah. out there right now on the market. Um, but I will say, I genuinely believe, and this is what I have said since you know, Joe kind of officially took over and the blessing that was put in place. I genuinely believe that Joe will step up and let it rip. I don't think it's going to be at the deadline. I think it's going to be the summer or it will be next deadline. It will be one of those two. Here's my, my framing on the timelines. Cause this is the thing that everybody there's like, if you asked a timeline question, this pay attention, this is where I'm kind of grouping you all in here. Cause there was like 10 of you in this, in this group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about Dame and you, you're going to have to eventually choose between Dame and then Ant or Shaden. If you're, if, if Dame is legitimately your focus, you can't keep both. You can't keep both Ant and Shaden. One will need to be moved for the other. So the other can shine. And so that you can get the capital, and the, the assets that you need to build around Dame. I genuinely believe because of that, number one, because Shade is so young. Number two, because Damian Lillard is showing zero signs of slowing down. Number three, because I think Damian Lillard understands and is on the same page with Joe Cronin that for that timeline, remember, we've gone back to this 18 months thing so Mm -hmm. much. I don't think that it's changed. I, I don't think that world exists. And I genuinely believe that they will allow this to go basically a year from now. Mm hmm. Is will that's when the clock will start between Ant and Shaden. Maybe something happens between that it totally changes that. That that whole calculus, like some player says, I want to play with Dame this summer and whatever. I mean Jeremy was one. Yeah. Or Ant says he wants out. Or Dame says he's wants out. What like whatever. I'm going yeah. off what we know today right now, right? Yeah. That's where I ultimately end up. Is that a year from now is when the clock starts ticking mm-hmm. of figuring that out. Neil Olshea sat on CJ for seven years. Sitting on Anthony Simons for 18 months, I think is okay. I think that's okay. 
Don't you? I mean, I look to me when you go back to the draft. There was a lot going on, right? It was mm-hmm. the rumors. It was OG. It was where they going to keep seven. Who they going to pick at seven? It could be this guy. And, and they, they ultimately decided what they wanted. And they announced Shaden Sharp. And it was an instant. I think there were a lot of people excited. I think there were a lot of people kind of going, what? The dude who didn't play college and we don't know what he is. And he's got reported this, this, that. The immediate reaction to some of that to me was kind of like thinking about what your situation was. So mm-hmm. wait, you had two, six, three guards. You drafted a six, five and a half dude. He's supposed to be a stud. Cause you picked him top seven. You, you, he's studs not staying on the bench. And you're mm-hmm. not – are you really going to try to run a three-man – you're doing what Dame C.J. C. Norm was, mm-hmm. and we didn't like that, right? So nope. I, I think from the get-go, it, it was kind of clear. Now, again, a lot can change. We don't know who's going to become available for what the price is and how this whole thing's going to shake out. Yeah. But if we're sticking to what your timeline is, I've been saying this on my radio show, and I'll, I think I've said it on a few of these pods. Like, Ant is a great player. Ant got absolutely railroaded by the CJ stuff. And mm-hmm. that's not his fault. Like, that's out of his hands. It's out of his control. And so, to what you just said of the timeline, the 18 months, mm-hmm. he doesn't have the CJ timeline. He doesn't get and he doesn't get half a decade. No, he doesn't get it. And and you can I I won't even argue back or fight with people who go, well, that's not fair. I, it's not. No. But that's sometimes how things shake out. But again, we don't even know who they're going to get if it's a summer move and what you move and how you move it. Like Joe is going to – he's got some avenues here where he can try to get creative. He can try to think about how fits work with certain players. But, yeah, man, it's it sucks to say some of that stuff out loud. But he's he doesn't have that timeline that CJ got, and you're doing it again. I heard this on the Zach Lowe pod, and I'm kind of like shaking my head like, yeah, like, I'm there. I said it last night on mm-hmm. Twitter. He's going for 61. I, I don't want to trade yeah. the letter O. It's a statue, dude. But I appreciate every player that comes through Portland. I'm open to everything. Open the phone. Just the letter O is not available. Let me know. Let's talk. And from what I understand, that's how Joe is operating. Is that they they are listening. And that is a difference from the past. That's the business. The, 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 last, like the a, last regime yes. did not listen to no. those things. It was always Dame and CJ, and there was no getting beyond that. So that is a change. It's Dame and then, and I'm not saying that they're openly shopping Jeremy or openly shopping Shaden or openly shopping Ant, but if you come to them with an offer, they they will at least hear you. That's their job. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's a great thing I like, to hear. But like, I know, like, like that's kind of like insane, like, oh my God, really? It's like, yeah, they're doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> um, Jason at Hecubus01 says, I saw a report today that OG wants out of Toronto, and I don't want this to be about just OG, OG, OG. But I want to kind of talk about this in general. If you're not the dude on a team, there's a strong possibility that at some point in time you want out. Anytime you see reports, and I guess this probably should have gone from the beginning, understand who wrote it, where it came from. Mm-hmm. If you're reading anything from the Toronto media right now, it probably smells of Masai's cologne. <laughs> Eight first-round first draft picks for OG, please. <laughs> Report that. I've seen everything that's come out of there the last week, and I just laugh. And I'm like, they're going to get it's wild. three unprotected picks and a player? Yeah. Fred Van Vliet is going to get near that? I just... Right. 
go with God, man. Yeah, go with God. That. That's, that's just kind of framing. The one thing everybody wants to know is what deals, what deals, what deals. Teams that we look at right now who have available players. Mm-hmm. Just kind of just kind of run down and work work them work them through here, okay? The Blazers just played the Spurs. I don't think anybody on the Spurs is truly off the block. No, I think every single player is available. Call I, them. Yes, I think they're waiting is, to get their player that's untouchable in the draft. Whether it's Wemby or what's Scoot, like they're yeah. just they are they are down that pipe. Right. Yep. Um, the contenders are not giving them up. So there's no Celtics. No, I mean Sixers, Bucks, Nets, Cavs, yeah. Nuggets. Some of those, some of those teams have figured themselves out. The yeah. Nets, the Sixers, they've gotten it mm-hmm. together. And the West's a little more open. The Kings still need a little bit of work here. The Pelicans, I can see them. Well, that's an injury-based thing, right? Yes. Ingram just came back. Zion's still out. Or like, kind of like they have like 11, 12 dudes. They need to. Get down yeah, there's like a bit nine. of a log jam there, yeah. right? There's a few guys. Yeah. Uh, the the Mavs, I, if anybody could be a surprise team, it's one of these next two teams. It's the Mavs or the Clippers. Uh, yeah, I think I, it's I, the Mavericks. They, I, they, I they both the, need playmaking and size. I know the Clippers are looking for a point guard, uh, and they're you know they kind of have to go all in. They have no other yes. choice. And the Mavericks, like, I, I'm not pretending to know any of the situation in Dallas. I can tell you the <laughs> optics from here, from where I watch, seems a little icy right now. And I don't blame it for being icy. Yeah. I've been screaming this from the rooftops. Like, I know dude got a chip for that city and has completely changed the way we view the Mavericks in our lives. But that roster has been a joke for a couple of years, man. They they took the swing on KP and working their way back out of it is proving difficult. And this is it's this, very difficult. This is the this is the that nobody wants to, wants to talk about when you take a big swing and you miss because this is what you, it, it does. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. A lot. It hurts. All right. Um, looking back at the Spurs. Okay. Guys that you would think that we, you could be gettable. Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson, Jakob Pertl. Collins for all of you Gonzaga fans out there. Fine. But I no. Uh, you know what? I will say one guy is off limits in, in San Antonio. Is it it's, Kelvin? No, Sohan. Yeah, Sohan's on. So on. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah. even then, like he's he's a dude. No, like, yeah, I, he's a good player. Um, Vassell bark to him. Yeah, uh, Vassell and Keldon, I don't think they're readily available, but for the right package, you could mm-hmm. probably get it. I don't think that's going to happen, but just spitballing. Uh, the Rockets, you're not uh, Eric Gordon. Whatever, I don't care. Lakers, don't care. Thunder. They have so much. It's in a weird spot. I, I got a hot take. Well, go. They need to be buyers. It's 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 time. I'm Cash, done. Cash I'm in done. some of it. I'm dude. I'm done. I'm done with this whole like kiss this dude's ass because he got 15 first round draft picks for 10 years. But there's not going to be anybody available the deadline. Like that's no, really going to cash I, in. May, maybe there isn't. But I'm to a point, Danny. They're they're right there on play in playoff stuff. That's oh a yeah, good for team. sure. Like yeah. that's a I've seen their game. I want to watch Thunder games now. Oh, they're freaky, I, dicky, weird, and fun. That's why I think you should be buyers, man. Like at some point, you can't keep sucking butt and just be like, "Well, I want draft picks in SGA." It's like cool. Like, at what point are those draft picks going to be players? When are you going to care? Yeah. Culture. I used to be a pretty big like you either win or you tank. I that used to be how I sure. felt. I will admit. I've kind of switched some of that. Like, I think you need to balance it when you can. 
but you got to make the playoffs when you can to a certain degree. You got to set culture. They don't, there is no culture there. You know what I mean? Like they had one year with Chris Paul and they went, no, we want to be bad again. And it was like, okay, but now they're, they they're good. Yeah, I know, but now they're good. I, I can see them moving off like a Ken Rich Williams. Yeah. Maybe. Undersize four. Pokachevsky, maybe. Poku? You think they're going to get rid of Poku? I think they just have so many weird pieces, man. <laughs> they do have some so, so many weird pieces. Um, but beyond them, uh, Warriors. Their core, not moving. Um, by core, Steph, Clay, Dre, Wig. Um, Looney. I think it's probably your core. There's a weird, freaky-deaky world where Jordan Poole could be available, I think. Um, I don't I don't think so. He's got a poison pill, all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's the case. I think they're very high on Kaminga. I don't think they'll sell on Wiseman, but they should. They should. If they're yeah. I mean they have it they're they they're still in a title window. They, they made a bad pick. It's you know it happens. Shit happens. It happens. Man. Yeah. Um we've kind of gone back and forth with this. Uh, the Utah Jazz start out hot. They're not gonna tank. They're they're, they're great. And now they're they're kind of cooling off. I'm hearing, yeah, no, I could Basically, you can have anything you want that's not named Lowry or um, Kessler. Does he want three first-round picks for Vanderbilt? Is he is he just <laughs> is he America's Messiah? <laughs> it is Utah. Yeah, I, yeah. It is Utah, and it's Danny Ainge, and uh, yeah. they have. That's why I asked. Well, they, well, they have their their collection of the whites. Yeah, they do. So yeah, they have a white ratio there. Uh, yes, they have, they has to be maintained at all times. <laughs> However, they I they understand that they are willing to part with at least we, one of them in Kelly Olynyk. How about uh, that? They ha- they do have their ratio, um, but if a team wants Mike Conley, I think he's I think he's gettable. I think the Clippers mm-hmm. are going to push really hard um, on Mike Conley. I think a competitive team is going to push hard for Jordan Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a competitive team, uh, is going to push hard for a Kelly Olenek. Um, and I think some competitive teams are going to push for Vando. It's going to be interesting. To, uh, Malik Beasley is another name you could throw in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a bit in Utah that it hasn't changed. Like do any of those pieces really make sense long-term for you? If you're, if you're hoping on the Cavs, like Donovan Mitchell leaving the Cavs and the Minnesota Timberwolves sucking something fierce in six years. No. You're just kind of biding your time and developing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Timberwolves. I don't see them making any moves after what they did. They've pretty much spent their powder, right? Yeah. They'd want to, though. I think they'd want to do something to try to get some juice flowing there where we could get weird is phoenix phoenix is an interesting team for me at the deadline they're interesting for a a number of reasons one they're down the bottom after being in the finals a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. number two chris paul's almost 38 years old father time has caught him number three jay crowder is still in phoenix not playing (laughs) number four and more importantly they have a new owner Mm-hmm. And new owners like to make splashes. Yes, they do. See Minnesota. We just talked you, about You that. can run down the list, and it's across mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Russell Wilson was traded to Denver with that deal not known by the Walton family? Oh, no chance. 
I mean, if you believe so, I've got some bridges to sell you. I mean, you're running Walmart, for God's sakes. What's a way to get people to like you? Uh, well, what if we went and got him a quarterback? Yep, that'll do it. There you go. <laughs> now they're trying to roll back prices on his contract. Hey-o! Um, but also, you've got a coach and Monty who's well-respected and a GM and James Jones who's well-respected, if not... Um, what was the word that they used uh, prickly to deal with in mm. uh, negotiations? I've heard that James Jones is worse than Danny Ainge of not doing trades. Hmm. They want exponentially more to not just like it. When we had Joe on, one of the things that, that stood out to me was that when he said, when we make deals, we like both sides to feel happy whenever they, when everything's said and done. And I thought that was interesting because I think there are some GMs out there who are like, I want to win the battlefield and massacre my prey. Like, yeah, there definitely are. But you make that deal at the cost of what? Burning those bridges and those relationships. And, and I mean, has oh, Danny made another deal with Brooklyn since that trade? Have people been afraid to make deals with Danny for a long time because of it? <laughs> Then he goes out and did. He goes out and does it again. But, so, but he, but he got the Minnesota deal. Yeah, that's so what no, I'm saying. Who didn't get burned by him? I think those Brooklyn didn't give him the Rudy Gobert package. No. That was hey, Minnesota's coming in. Here. But you know, those those are those opportunities. So Phoenix is a team that I think, and I, the reason I'm getting to to Monty and to um, James Jones is there have been some frustrations with DeAndre Ayton, and if DeAndre Ayton were to become available, that would be something that would shake the market. Yeah. There's no That'd doubt be a about pretty that. big name to hit the market. Probably the, the probably the biggest at the deadline. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but that's there. The Clippers, they're entirely buyers. I don't think they're selling anything that matters. Same with the Mavs, same with the Pelicans, same with the Kings, Grizzlies, and Nuggets. I think those teams are kind of all there. The Pistons. We got a little note, I want to say about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, that the Blazers were kicking around Nerlens Noel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nerlens Noel represents what I think you saw last night when Yusuf Nurkic was absolutely awful against Walker Kessler. And you can say that he had the leg injury, and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but Nurk's last week, and I, I know the uh, the Spurs game was there where he bludgeoned Zach yeah, Collins. but that's one of... <laughs> it's also Zach Collins. <laughs> uh, yeah, Zach Collins is significantly smaller than him. Yeah. Um, Nurk has been not just bad, but egregiously bad. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, he's been played off the floor by not his opponent, but Drew Eubanks. He's just been that much better than him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, which shouts to Drew. He's been, he's, he's competed his ass off. Uh, even though Drew's, you know, undersized and has his shortcomings, he, he, he fights, man. Um, but I, I, I want to bring up Nerlens here as, as the example of, is it the best thing? Is Nerlens Noel the best center out there? No. But is Drew the best center out there? No. Is Nerlens a better version of Drew? Yes. Getting longer, more athletic, more rangy, more capable at the five... It's 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 kind of weird to come full circle because the thing that I I beat up against in the Al Aminu, Bo Harkless years where the, the Blazers be, became too siloed, 
guys could only do one or two things. And even mm-hmm. in those things, they didn't do them very well. What the Blazers, I think, want and what they have kind of shown what they want and where they have looked their best at long periods of times is when they get athletic, when they play smaller, when they... Against the uh, Jazz last night, I asked Nasir Little uh, in the second half why him and Jeremy were at the top of the zone defense. That's not normal. You don't usually have Damon Ant in the corners with Drew underneath or Nurk underneath. I don't mm-hmm. think you would have done this with Nurk underneath because it would have put you in a hell of a position. And Nas says, uh, on the bench, I told Coach Roy, I want to be the top of JG. I want to be disruptive. I want to be I want to be into this. And this kind of goes into the Nas stuff we'll talk about here in a minute. But in doing so, you have to be more mobile on the back line. You you have you you can't you can't just sit in a deep drop. You can't wait and try to just funnel everything in and catch. You have to be mobile. And I thought Drew did a relatively decent job, and, and credit again to Damon Ant for kind of stepping up in that second half defensively of digging in and helping when Drew did have to step up and slide and help and be more active while Jeremy and, and uh, Nas are being more aggressive at the point of attack. Darlene Zoell opens that door, so is that an opportunity? And I bring up the Pistons because that kind of opens the door for where we go next. Do, the Charlotte Hornets. Like, do you... Well, hold on, hold on, real quick. So when you when you talk about Nerlens, what would you talk about shipping out? Because, like... I don't... Here's the deal. I, they, they wouldn't want to take one of our bigs in return because no. you want Duran to get all those minutes. Yes, and this is... I shouldn't have gone into the bigs yet because it opens the door. Screw it, we're going to go down it. Well, I was just kind of curious. No, 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 no. It's, it, and... it, it, it... Moving Nurk. Like, I, I should... Let's 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 go back to this. We've kind of understand who's available. Let me, let's go ahead and go. Um... New Orleans Dewell, and then you go to Orlando, the the Bombas of the world, the, the uh-huh. bigs they have down there. Do you want to? Right. Do you want to kick? Uh, what's what's underneath with Jonathan Isaac with him returning? Um, yep. Do you want to take one of the bigs out of Charlotte? Do you want to take? Uh, do you want to try to get a move for a Daniel Gafford? Do you like th- those are the kind of guys that you're looking to target at that point in time, right? Portland moving Nurkic will involve a third team. It. If Joe is able to pull off a swap with two teams for use with, that involves Yusuf Nurkic, I will be flabbergasted. Completely floored, throttled, however you want to phrase it. Because it is... It's not just Nurk. It's just the, the way the NBA is and how you have to kind of move bigs around and what bigs make sense on what teams. Because if you're going to move... Yusuf Nurkic. These are the four teams that I would identify. Toronto, Washington, Dallas, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Toronto has called on Yusuf Nurkic multiple times over the last year and a half. Charlotte's been trying to find a center, and even though they just drafted some more, they're still in the market for a center. I've heard Washington kicking around for bigs. They're going to replace Plumdog and with Nurk? <laughs> Can't get away from him! Twice. Can you imagine twice in your career you get traded for a dude who they want to play over you? <laughs> well, and in fairness, Nurk was traded for Plum Dog the no, first time I, I around. Know. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But you, you catch what I'm saying. Yeah. As he goes to Charlotte, he starts Plum Dog. Mm-hmm. See you later. Yeah. Um. There's a shortage of homes for use of Nurkic. Yeah. But doesn't mean another team can't become interested. 
Let me throw this at you real quick. Go. Like, I gotta interrupt this because yeah, I. Yeah. This was the one area of the offseason I really pushed on. This was the one area. I just did not like the years. I really didn't. I thought four years was a lengthy contract to give him. We know why. But, okay, how much, how much does that, you think, change the market? Four-year contract instead of two or two and a one or whatever, shorter it, term. It does, it, does, it does hit it. Yeah. But you don't get Shaden Sharp without that. Oh, for sure. And that's and for everybody who's a contract because people get so frustrated. How dare you? You're bidding against yourself. No, you're not. You're bidding against a salary slot that you will lose for nothing that you cannot get back that you will struggle to find again for the opportunity to draft Shaden Sharp. This yeah, I have a problem with the money was higher, but like I didn't have a problem with that. It was years but, for me. Was, but that's that was it. That's what cl- clutch the year before Norman Powell had Neil's balls in a vice. <laughs> I'm really I want, I want now. all of the money and I want yeah. a fifth year. <laughs> it's Norm. Like to think of it. He's got it around it and he's twisting the, t- uh, would you like to give me that bag now? Yes. Or would you like to yes. lose me for nothing? And you gave up Gary Trent for nothing. And that was, that's the same kind of thing with Nurk and, not necessarily Joe's fault. It's just the hand he was dealt. And what was the best thing that he could do there? Does he claw and scrap and fight and do everything he can? Push clutch off and Nurk's not willing to shut it down. Right. Like it's just, I don't think you're in that position as an interim GM in that shit show of a season to do anything. And I'm not mm-hmm. excusing Joe. I'm just looking at the cards that are on the table. Yeah. Like, Joe hasn't been in power for 10 years. You know, I, would I have liked to have seen that be three years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would too. Because remember, you and I, when I, when I found out about the deal, I said, it's four. And <laughs> I, my jaw dropped. I was like, you're, you're fucking lying to me right now. I was. It, it was the one thing, yeah. man. I was just like, I still like, oh, I did not like that. No. I did not like that. No, and that's it. You know, it is what it is. We could all we could all see it for what it was. That is That's the like sunk cost you, yeah. for for getting Shaden Sharp. Mm. You know, um, but the the whole idea of, of moving Yusuf Nurkic, I, I I genuinely believe that number one. Again, we kind of go back to the beginning. Josh Hart is very, very, very likely gone at the deadline. I believe I would say it's. I str- I don't want to say coin toss because I don't think it's quite a coin toss with Nurk. I think it's under forty percent. Mm-hmm. Based on kind of what I what I hear and what I see, it, I think it has more. It has more to do with other teams than it does. Yeah, like, there's only so many as you just named, and and until something else big happens, if it happens, it's like. I don't know. I, I see big guy maybe getting past the deadline and we talk about a summer situation yeah. more so unless something just surprises us. I would be very surprised to see Joseph Nurkic as a starting center on this team going into next year. That, yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that, but the rest of the season. Yeah. But I think things are a little bit weird with where they're at right now. Like mm-hmm. Nurkic, I, I think some of that has to do with personally, just my two cents. And again, feel free to push back here. No, no, you're, go. 
you're around it and you can feel sometimes when you're around it. I think some of this is, you know, some of this is temperamental nurk. We see this all season, every year. It's like hmm. the ebbs and the flows yeah. of himself. I think the other part, and this is the bigger part, I, I just think it's, it's winning and losing. You're losing games. You've lost a lot of basketball games. You had a great start. Remember that photo? It, everybody says this, this is a game winner. This yeah. feels so long ago. You know, yeah. It does. And Here, I think if you can feel that way as a fan, I'm, I can only imagine you probably feel that way as a player. Here's here's my thing as it pertains to Nurk. I think part of me when they were struggling a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. was going to say, yes, I, I think that there was some of the losing and temperamental Nurk. The last 10 days has made me reevaluate that very significantly. And I don't think that's the case any longer. Hmm. Brandon, he was shooting over basically like mid-December until like uh, halfway through January for basically like a month. Mm -hmm. Do you know what he was shooting at the rim? It was good. Uh, 60%? 65? 70 was it that high? Okay. He got his shit together. Mm-hmm. He was. Ant and Dame were struggling. Nurk was pr- one of the better players on the team. It was really Nurk and Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to pull it up right now just so I can pull up the uh, the, the current one. Um, and this is. I was. And you can talk about injuries and, and things of that nature popping up and, and being a problem. And that, that does happen. I always try to take that into consideration. And Nurk. Even in that time period where he struggled a little bit, um, he was sick as a dog. He was puking his brains out. I heard from multiple people that he was just dying, but he was giving it a go. Mm-hmm. Which, that makes me think he's committed. He's in, you know? And I, I, that's, there's guys that won't do that. And so, for Nurk, I was like, okay. I like, remember you and I talked about this. I'm like, listen, man, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not back in on Nurk, but I think he's, I think he's kind of trying to, really square stuff away and really give a damn. Um, and then the past two weeks happened and it, it reads like he's either very injured or somebody told him that it's over. Mm. Okay. So last season, let's go to the season segment. Let's go to the last. We don't games. know of any, I mean, injury things that would really, He's de- he has been dealing with the, the left leg, which is the injured mm-hmm. leg. He has been dealing with a calf issue. Okay. It's been on and off. If you've seen him on the bench, he has that little tens unit that he puts on his leg. Like he's been he, he's been battling it. Mm-hmm. But his finishing um what was it last last 6, I think is what I sorted it as the other day. I'm trying to keep my my numbers together as as I keep the sliding scale scale going. Um would you update please? Uh, Nurk's finishing dropped from seventy percent to fifty four percent. Yikes! That's a that's a pretty good fall off. Yeah, uh, his rebounding went down. His turnovers spiked. Um, remember, he deleted all of his social media. Yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, now it's all back. Oh, is he back on? Yeah. Oh. Why do people do that? Why do people delete? stuff just to be back. I don't know, but if you go if you point? if you go back and look at when he deleted his social media to like yesterday, that time period he's been bad. Yeah. 
And he's always struck me as dude who's Googling name on Twitter after the game. Oh, 100%. So good and bad nights. Yeah. And I think 100%. you see it by the amount of blocks he has off the court. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, he doesn't appreciate some of that commentary. So, no. Um, and not everybody can operate. No. When negative commentary exists about you, it's, it sucks. It's it, not fun. It's actually a question I'm going to ask Chauncey on Saturday. Is having to navigate this this time period again with so much. Well, imagine, you know, a good, good part of that. And, you know, you've been asking great questions like managing this from where you're at now versus when you were a player yep. watching other guys go through What is that. that's He does have that unique perspective. Yeah. Because Chauncey was a guy that was moved a couple times, you know, and early on it was a guy that, you know, he didn't stick. No. And famously um, won a championship by bringing a guy into his locker room midseason, the Sheed trade. Came in there and it was like, is this going to work? And it not only worked, they won the championship. And now he's on the other side of it and he's, he's going to have an opportunity to change everything around. Yeah. And along in concert with Joe and Dame. I hope, I, I genuinely hope that Nurk has just had a rough 10 days. And that it isn't bothering him. It isn't a mental impact. It isn't a thing that that's that's there. But knowing from what I've seen from him historically, this looks like something that is that is bothering him. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've talked around and theoretically and, and all of the things that kind of come out about this. Um, but everybody wants to know: Is there a Is there a is there a single deal out there? It's like, oh my god, I have to do this. I have to go this way. The, the opportunities that come along. I don't think that the Blazers are there yet. But mm-hmm. if I if I ask you right now, Brandon, that we're at the trade deadline, how many or how much change do you think there is between this team now? And the day after the day deadline, two players, just two, mm-hmm. two new players here. I don't know what that. In- mm. Oh, two new, two in game. Okay, yeah, two two incoming. I you know, I don't know the exact amount that I'd say. Going, I mean, obviously not a crazy amount, but you know, is it two in, three out? Uh, I, I something like that is kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe I'll be wrong, but that's kind of like how I'm viewing it. Okay. There's another question that it kind of comes up regularly and it's does what happens over the next couple days next week impact what moves they make? Are you expecting less or more? Oh, I'm going to get there. Okay. And that is to say, unless they fall on their face and lose like seven straight, I, I think that is the like, winning seven straight doesn't change anything. Like, if they got hot, they're not going to be like, oh, we can win a title. Oh, well, yeah, I think they're realistic yeah. enough there. Yeah, they're not yeah. doing that. But if, even if they lose, you know what? It's going to happen. They're like, eh, one hot week, we can be right back in it. Um, So that is, kind of goes to where I think they're just going to be about handling the team building. And for me, handling the team building, what are the things the Blazers need? They need size. They need defense. They need shooting. 
the guys that I keep coming back to on the center side of things. Nerlens Noel, Daniel Gafford, Isaiah Hartenstein, Mo Bamba, DeAndre. I, I really, yeah. Well, <clears throat> eight, like, you're, you're you're running a like it's it's across the gamut of like different guys. Yeah, right. And I know you would have them power ranked if we were to do that. We don't need to do that. But yeah, man, for me, I'm gonna come back to it. I saw some stuff on Hartenstein and the Clippers want depth now behind Zubac. So I'd be curious to see if they can like. Bring him get back. That relationship back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they're openly wanting him. Mo Bamba, for me, I keep coming back to that one, man. And I'm not saying there's not anything there. There's got to be a reason his minutes are not existing for a not very good Orlando Magic team. But, God, would I love to just watch two or three pick and rolls with him and Dame, and Dame just throws it anywhere, and 7-5 Mo Bamba just comes up and finishes it. Listen, if, if you want my my pie-in-the-sky big that isn't DeAndre Ayton, you're on the right team. It's Wendell. Oh, Wendell they, Carter. Are, but are they gonna, they're not going to trade Carter, are they? I don't think He's so. He's a good year for them. He is. But if you're asking me, like, the right line for, yeah. that I would want to go to, like, you don't want to go out there and pay all the money in the world for a DeAndre or something along those lines. Clint Capella. Yeah. Wendell, number one, Wendell's contract is a declining contract. It's, it's, it's like OGs. It's like uh, Aaron Gordon's. <clears throat> right. It's mwah, great job uh, team building wise, Orlando. Um, but that's, that's the lane that I'm going with the ability to step out, knock down threes, to be vertical, to be athletic, to be multiple, to be aggressive, to play at the rim. Like Wendell's like that perfect line of a guy. I think with how they were looking to play, that's the lane that I would choose to pursue. But that's also the kind of deal that I don't expect to see happening in the summer or happening in the deadline. I like Wendell. Um, I've liked him all year. He's Mm -hmm. been really good in Orlando. I've been happy. He's kind of like been able to find a place to latch on to. Also fun. He's got kind of that Udonis Haslam little pick and, you know, mid baseline pick and pop type shot. I like that. I like also the goggles. Let's let's be honest. We we love the We love the goggles. We need the Bucks worth back, man. Yeah. We 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 need it back. I mean, Nurk is is I believe he's fourteen nine point nine and four. Or I said Bucks worth. I Buck Williams. Sorry, yeah, Buck Williams. You, you went. You said I Bucks meant, worth. You, you said yeah, Duckworth and Buck Williams <laughs> together. Which that's that's a pretty rad player. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, if we could build that dude in the lab, my God. Um, but Wendell Carter Jr. is averaging uh, was it fifteen? Let's say fifteen nine. In three, basically Nurk's numbers on the same splits while not doing Nurkish things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he'd be excited to be here, too. You know, Paolo's gotten a lot of the attention. Again, he's having a good year with Paolo, and so is Markel. But, um, you know, I think a guy like Wendell, you don't want to move around too much and be that dude, but... I think he'd enjoy being here playing with Dame. I mean, leaving Chicago, like it's kind of funny. Chicago's the place the players go to die, and if they, as soon as they leave, they get better now. Um, but Wendell's probably very not probably Wendell's very high on my list of uh, but of uh, of guys that I would like. Yeah, but opportunity cost, I don't know if Portland necessarily has the assets, particularly in the at the deadline. The, the summer things maybe change. Who knows? 
but um, so those are your bigs. And then what are the next group? The kind of the wing kind of players. Um, you think about Detroit, Sadiq Bay, uh, Harrison Barnes is a name that you've heard linked to Portland forever. I, I do think there's a chance a, a Harrison Barnes, Dory, Dorian Finney-Smith, Chetty Osman, Isaac Okoro, like those kind of wing players, I can see them being moved at the deadline. You so okay, so that's interesting. Finney Smith would be I mean, we do about a heart swap there, just a heart for Finney Smith, just because you want I don't more think experience. you again in, in, in that situation, because of Dallas's unique cap situations, if they're dealing yeah. Finney Smith, I, it's it's a three team deal. I, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. I think if Dallas is making any deals, it's a three team deal because they need to move parts in yeah, order their money like, situations really it's weird. it's yeah. really yeah. It's yeah. It, that that's what makes their health so unique. <laughs> I Sacramento's fascinating too to me looking at the deadline. I could like, see them being like full on buyer buyers. Like the F and beam. You're third in the West yeah. right now. The Sacramento Kings are third in the West on January twenty sixth. The yeah. bonus should have been a I thought TNT I was thought 100% I thought right they're gonna today. be a starter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was bull. Um we don't need to get into that. And Fox has been fantastic. Like her Kevin Herter was a big pickup for them. Mm-hmm. That that they've been the story of the league to me. Been fantastic. And I I'd like to see them just say, dude, to hell with it. Like, why not go all it's, in? It's, it's been so sideways for us. Why not? Right. The West is weird, man. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't buy the one seed and I, you, you make all the sense in the world. I kind of think the one seed could be one of the few teams in NBA history to never give a damn about defense and still win it because of how good that dude is. Mm-hmm. But to your point, maybe they're very easily got, and we don't know if the Clippers are going to stay healthy. We don't, the Grizzlies were just anointing them as they slowly become the most hateable team in the league. Uh, the Pelicans you don't trust right now. Like, there could be a window here for the Kings to do some damage. And the other one there is that, um, let's say OG is available and one team does want to pony up. There's a team in Memphis who has all of their draft capital, all of their stuff, all of like they piled up. Memphis could make an offer that nobody else can really match for that caliber of player. God. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Ja, Bane, OG, Jaron, and Adams. Oh, my Lord. Or go small ball and have OG at the power forward or Dylan at the power forward and Jaron. It'd, it'd be like owning yeah. a Baskin Robbins. You can go whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, but wings. You've got mm-hmm. the OGs. I, like Mikhail Bridges is like, you know, that's the, oh, you know. Angels saying again. I don't think he's available, but that's a I, I think they're has... going the year. Yeah. Personally, I don't think Phoenix is going to make a move. I, I think they'll try to be a buyer in some capacity, sell Crowder yeah. off. I, I Crowder's think an, another guy who, just... again, in that same vein on the same yeah. team, perhaps a Cam Johnson, um, Josh Hart, Cam Johnson. Who says no? I think Phoenix. I think they want a little bit more size there. And also, I don't know if it's necessarily the right fit for Portland. I think they want somebody a little bit more athletic, a little bit more disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly Oubre's out there. Cody Martin. Uh, hey, listen, I I love Cam. I'm just I'm just saying I'm 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 there with you. Um, and then there's Vando. And as much as there's been smoke about Danny Ainge, number one Vanderbilt uh, is a huge part of our future. Blah blah. blah. Uh, it'll take at least multiple first round picks. I think Portland has a possibility to target a guy like Vando. Hell, get two birds, one stone. Package up Josh Hart with a necessary salary or trading Josh Hart to um, 
New York for draft capital, Miami for draft capital, routing that to, to Utah with um, Keon and Justice. And right. taking back Malik Beasley and uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Like, oh, I, hello. I, like, I could, I could see that being... Mr. Larsa Pippen and Jared Vanderbilt? I'm in. Mm. Mr. and I'm Mrs. Van- the, the Van- Larsa and the Vanderbilt sound like um, a, a weekend in... Uh, a reality show. <laughs> or, or, or a weekend in New Hampshire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, like, those are the, that's the kind of wave that I could see this going in the sense of you get a little something. The Blazers need a little more shooting. The Blazers need a little bit of size. You float uh, a guy like Beasley, who I think he, I don't want to call him homeless, but like I think he's a guy who's clearly not going to be a long-timer in Utah. Yeah, I mean, he's a career role guy, yeah. so that means he's always he's finding a new bouncing home. around, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you basically, he's, I think he's got a $17, $16.5 million option next year. Mm-hmm. You have the ability to take that on, float money into next year. You've got Vando. I think he's got one. Let me pull it up. Utah. Uh, Utah Jets. Vando's deal, I believe he has one more year in his rookie deal. He does. It's one more year in his rookie deal. So just doing the math, right? Okay. Malik Beasley's at 15.5. Jared Vanderbilt's at 4.3. Uh, let's see. Go add the Portland Trailblazers here. Uh, let's see. Josh Hart's at 12.9. Trade to Jazz. Uh, Justice Wins at 4. Trade to Jazz. Um, Keon Johnson at 2.6. Trade to Jazz. Hey, uh, Keon Johnson, young point guard that would put possibly replace Mike Conley? Uh, very easy, young yeah. re- retooling team. Or not or replace what Mike they're, Conley. What they're aiming to do, but yes. yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Go younger. Yeah. Because uh, Conley wants to probably try to latch on with a veteran team. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, let's try those three here real quick. Ah, success. And the Blazers gain $193,000 in salary. Hmm. Now, if you traded Greg Brown for expiring second round or a heavily protected second round pick, mm-hmm. now you're back under the cap. Yep. Which, again, if they're not getting a Pascal, it's kind of what they're aiming to do and just for the math i want to see something here um i want to add a third team uh because nerland's a guy who's been reported um i I want to i want to include him i'm gonna i'm going to send nurk to detroit here just for the math side of this he's making 15 right or 15.6 this year um nerland's is making 9.2 send him to portland and uh, what Sadiq Bay is at two point nine? Okay, mm-hmm. dry trade. Well, would you look at that? Portland could send out Justice, Josh, Keon, and Nurk, and mathematically cut three point two million dollars from their tax bill or from their their bill. Um, not have to dump Greg. Uh, pick up Noel Beasley, Vando, and Sadiq Bay. Now, obviously, you're not going to send Nurk for Sadiq Bay and Nerlens Noel. Right. But if you can find a team that wants Nurk, I think another another option here is if you if Washington wants to put a a more traditional big alongside Kristaps Porzingis again, which Kristaps historically, while he doesn't play the four as often, when he does, he is more successful. If they want somebody to eat up minutes alongside of him, and you can get Gafford and Delon Wright 
mm-hmm. by including some of the kids, some of the your young back end rotation guys, non shade yeah. and sharp kids. Yeah, is that a is that a way that you can maneuver that? I think that's another way. Like a, a guy like Delon Wright makes sense. A guy like Daniel Grafford makes sense theoretically. If we're just going on what we know that Portland likes, right? What, the athletic profile, skill sets, things like Chauncey has talked about getting bigger, 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 bigger. He's remember. Well, I mean, la- you can't blame him though. I mean, we knew no. this going into the year. They were remember tiny. this last year. He talked about you know we're we're we're, we're the smallest we are every single night. Yeah, you know he, he bemoaned it and he kind of like. Yeah. The same thing again this year. Well, he did it. He he did it again the other night, yeah. in a, in a way that was much more dramatic. Yeah. Um, but this would be trading Nurk, Justice, Hart, Keon, who you your group of six five guys and Nurk, and then you're bringing back Nerlens at seven foot, Malik Beasley at six four, Vando at six eight six nine, Sadiq Bay at six eight. Doesn't that at least profile wise start to make more sense? Yeah. Right? I think it also, you know, the beauty of doing some of that too, I'd have to go through all those deals. I think the beauty of doing that too is you just, you give more of an idea of what you might be aiming to do with, with Dame. Hey, look what happens when we give you size and yeah. athleticism and some shooting and some more versatility. Like, Jer- you, you know, Jeremy's one of the most effective transition scorers in the league this year. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised to hear that the way you watch it pan out like i i just think even though he that, even though he throws lob passes eight feet Jesus. over shade how do you miss shaden how do you miss shaden <laughs> you know bad of a pass i gotta be shaden the look on his face after that because that that was gonna be an all-time lob oh i mean that was he, like the run-up shaden had what was are you doing oh shaden was ready to catch it here yeah. and go Sh- down with Shay it Shay looked man. at it like like he didn't even go for it it was like, I can't get he that. He did like one of those jumps and he realized, oh, I'm not getting that. And you like, stop your vert, you know? Like midair. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, mm, that ain't me. Which is insane to think about. But yes, getting, I think the Blazers, when they've played their best, is not, not just that 10 and 4 start, but they've played with a level of pace and intensity. Yes. And with Yusuf Nurkic, they can't do that. Now, are, are, are these moves. World-beating moves. I think the same you could say about depth as well, right? Like, Nurk deserves whatever the blame is that he is given, but when you're playing, like, five guys, high-leverage minutes, and there's no real, like, things you can trust coming off the bench because Gary was gone for so long. Mm-hmm. And Nas was gone for six weeks. I, yeah, I just I, that's, that's I think big... – And Justice got a bum ankle. Like, I just think eventually guys naturally wore down. And – if you're able to add a little bit of shooting from a guy like Malik Beasley, a little bit of stuff in Jerry yeah. Vanderbilt, some playmaking, some size, some utility effort, uh, Nerlens fundamentally changes. And you, you can replace these guys with so many different names. I'm just using these as examples. Nerlens fundamentally changes how you can play defense. Somebody in the comments has thoughts on Jared Allen. He's really fucking good, and the Blazers are never going to get him. That is my. No. That, those are my comments on Jared Allen. Cleveland has zero reason <laughs> to be shopping four players on that roster. Yeah, the, like listen, I, I respect untouchables. it. Untouchables, four untouchables. I, I respect the hell out of it. Ja is a dog. Um, they absolutely ripped off the Brooklyn Nets in the right place at the right time, and I hope Joe Cronin can do the same to another 
uh, GM at this at this deadline. I hope there's some GM somewhere who's like, you know what? Let me go ahead and include this future All Star big in there just for the hell of it. Bro, they're trying to be the they're trying to be the the '80s Rockets with their the twin two towers, towers yeah. and they're trying to do the Spurs thing with two twin towers. Man, yeah. like that. They've we know where they're going. Um, but I think this is like this is closer to the framework of what I would expect things to be. Yeah. Or at least what they would hope for them to be. Um, I have a lot of questions about, you know, the same thing kind of came back to, what about this deal? What about this deal? What about this deal? What about this deal? It's got to make sense. And I don't know how many of these things make sense for the other team. And 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 that's the difficult part of this. Well, we forget about the other side of the trade. Sure. <laughs> a lot like, of times we play the game. We're like, yo, we want this guy, and you take that guy. And- Perfect underlying uh, Ryan in the comments says, I wish they could get a Kongwu from Atlanta. I do, too. I'm not just because mm-hmm. I'm wearing a USC hat. Like, a Kongwu is ex- exactly the kind of guy that you want to grow with. Like He, he, he has done a great job filling in for Capella. Rim mm-hmm. runner, competitive, super athletic, tough, hard-nosed dude. Probably wants to get the hell out of Atlanta because that's an S show right now. Right. Um, but what Portland has, the asset-wise, they just need one team to bite. Mm-hmm. Where this goes is interesting. If, again... Looking at where things are, I would imagine that in two weeks, based on what I've heard both locally and nationally, I would be very surprised if Josh was here after the deadline. I would be not surprised that Nurk is here after the deadline. But if he mm-hmm. was moved, I, I, it, I would not be moved. Like, oh, yeah, no, that, that sounds right. Right, right. You know? Um, the writing was on the wall. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're not talking about, rah, 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 you know, neon signs, he gone. And with Josh, it's not, it's not because Josh is, and I, I don't want this to get out like, like this. It's not because Josh is a bad player. It's not because Josh is toxic. It's not because Josh is a problem. It's because looking at where things are with the books, what lines up, where co- Josh's contract is, where the Blazers are trying to get to, it, puts the giant sign on Josh. It has almost nothing to do with basketball. I shouldn't say that. It does It does have to do with basketball because of Josh's weird fit with what they want him to be. Um, I want to detour real quick from the, the Josh stuff into a, a little bit of a tangent with Josh down with the injury, if it if it is hamstring is for any period of time. Nasir Little does have an opportunity to step into the starting lineup, and what does that do, and how does that shape what the Portland Trailblazers think about the rest of the season? Because remember, coming into the season, this is what we thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. What have you seen from Nas over the last couple nights, good, bad, otherwise, uh, as he's made his return from the uh, from moral uh, he- uh, head fracture? Uh, well, first of all, this should be the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, I, I don't have anything bad. I actually like all I've seen. He's been one of the few bright spots for them in this crap run that they've had. And I know they've won a couple games now here in a row, and that's nice. But he's been one of their bright spots. What he brings defensively, uh, the intensity is is not something that they're always getting on that end of the court. Mm-hmm. 
And that dude, I think, understands where his bones are going to be made in this league. He needs to give a damn on defense, which he does, and he knows exactly what he is offensively. He knows how to space out. He knows when he's going to attack the rim. He knows to get a three-point up. And I, I just think there's a lot of value in having a dude who knows exactly what his role is. He has been, you know, outside of Dame going off and having this run too, I, I would say Nas is second in terms of, like, the good things that have happened despite maybe the results in the win-loss columns not being great. As much as everybody belabors the use of Nurkic contract and trying to figure out the roster and what's going on, from a team, I am, again, always team get the bag. I mm-hmm. want players to get their money always. When I talk about money and players, I am not pocket watching. I am looking for maximize your earnings as a human being. Go for it. I will always support you. But I'm talking about this as if I were the GM of the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, yeah, for sure. And what I can do to maximize my opportunities as a strategy as a GM. Joe Cronin got Nasir Little at $7 million a year. Yeah, it's a great deal. If Nasir Little has a Steph Curry moment, I'm not talking about a shooting. I'm talking about shakes the injury bug. Mm Mm-hmm. He could be an incredibly viable player and piece that allows them to do significantly more. Yeah. Because of where he's at on his pay scale. I mean, it opened, you basically get a new player. <laughs> you're viewing it as like, you know, you, you're paying him. You know, you want him to bring him along, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Well, now if he stays healthy, you view it as like, yo, we fill the slot. Mm-hmm. We trust this. And now if you go and you move some money around and, Yusuf Nurkic's deal. You get a center that's a little, di- little less diverse, a little bit more siloed, and yeah. you, all of a sudden you're like, oh, we don't have $130 million tied to our starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it balloons to um, in two years when the possibility of the new TV deal hits. And the structure is more sound. And now you've got GP on... Uh, partial MLE and you've got Nas at a seven mil and in that by the time that 18 months hits the money starts making more sense and allows you to make more moves because of the prudent moves you made now yeah and that's what I look at this and wonder how how efficiently how well Joe and his staff can get and move Josh's contract for whatever comes back and the same with Yusuf Nurkic right because all of this stuff biting time in between, it has to pay off at some point in time. And the payoff here is Chris Padilla, at Chris A. Padilla. If the line is set at one and a half, are you going over under on the number of trades the Blazers complete by the deadline? Over. Yeah. Smashing the over. Not I, I think I'm just I, saying I, it's I, pretty clear. No, yeah. I, I just don't know how you... How would he say? How would he sit courtside, look at the situation, and go, "Yeah, it, nothing, nothing needs to change much." You can feel, you know what I mean. You yeah. can feel that some stuff needs to change here. It's obvious, and I think he's going to be busy. I've talked about that through, throughout this season, and I don't through their ups and downs. I don't think he's really changed his thought process. I think his evaluations are are, are pretty much done. 
It but, sounds like a broken record to say it. The reality is he told us twice mm-hmm. before the year even started, we know this ain't a complete thing. We know we're we small. Know, we know we're small. We know we're not contenders. Mm-hmm. Their goal is to make the playoffs. And, 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 they're, and they're like, you know, they're right about where a, yes. they a couple, thought they'd you're be. You're a couple tweaks away, I think, from being, hey, Portland got it together. Portland yeah. made a good move there, and that's working out okay. Like, I think you're that. And if not, and then after that, you get the front office who picks Shaden to go again. Unfortunately, we don't want to be there, but like no. that's what you're looking at. But the tick, 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 that doesn't start until a year from now where the clock is really running. That's when the yeah. shot clock starts. Sure. And, and, and it's, not a, it's not a slow burn. By this deadline, by the deadline next year, people will be getting antsy. Mm-hmm. And they will, in, in all earnestness, they will have a right to be. Yeah. Because even though Joe was dealt the hand he was, he said this is the timeline. And he can't con- you know predict everything. And the NBA in two years is <laughs> so far and above differently and weird that you mm-hmm. can't just predict it. But that's, again, that's how, how it goes. And you got to own up to it at some point in time. Uh, we went really long here because we had so many questions and so much stuff that was tied in here. Um so thank you all for being here. There's been like 350 of you pretty much throughout the entire show. Um, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Share us with your friends. Share us with your families. Um, we will do a live show on Trade Deadline Day. Um, I will be on air on 1080 when the deadline hits. Um, but there'll a, be a lot of stuff to react to even after you're off the air. Yes. Yeah. Um, I will haul ass home. I do not have a surgery date yet. Um, the hope is that hopefully day after. Yeah. If not, I will be. Uh, I will. I will grab the camera and the little dinner tray as I am super high on all of the drugs post surgery and drool at myself talking about um, all of the the trades that went down. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether it's in here on YouTube or we're doing it on, on a live watch party. Um, with watch playback, we, it will happen. So uh, thank you guys so, so much. We appreciate you. We love you. Like, again, like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show. You can find us on social media at Danny Mering, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey. You can email the show, jackramseys at gmail.com. Uh, you can find Brandon every morning from 6 to 9 in the morning on 1080 The Fan with his co-host, Andy Dirt Johnson, and whatever lunatic between the three of them that cranked up the studio heat to 77 degrees the other day. My God. You're... I don't even know where the thermostat is. Okay, so dirt again, dirt. With but dirt, no, because dirt, dirt, uh, dirt is a he 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 gets hot. So he he's, he's like me. Off. Oh, okay. yeah, he wanted the door open with a fan running oh, when we first started in that God. studio. Somebody went in there and sabotaged us after you guys left the studio. The I, I don't even. I honestly, I don't even know where the thermostat is. Brutal. Uh, <laughs> um. Also, you will you can find Look at you blaming my... shit on us. We didn't even do it. Yeah. Yeah, blaming the guys that are in there before me. How dare you? How dare you assume such a thing? <laughs> um, and you can find me and my co-host, uh, Dusty Hera, from noon to three, uh, also on Tending the Fan, uh, on Thursdays with our now uh, famous... Cardigan Thursdays. Card- Cardigan Thursdays. I need to add more cardigans to the, to the, uh, to, to the collection. I'm Do- waiting for Russ to get a goofy cardigan so he can say it's a carnival carnigan Thursday. He did wear the tri-lambda today. 
I'm surprised he he got one in time. To be honest with you, it, it, he was very excited about it, texting back and forth. Um, <laughs> again, very excited. Uh, thank you guys so so very much. If there are deals done before the deadline, we will hop on and we will go. Yeah, uh, we're we, we're we, ready we to go. We know what season it, it is. Um, I am I am in tune to it as much as I can be. Uh, and if I have information, I will share what I can when I can. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you guys so, so very much. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. Uh, we have another night off, um, so enjoy that, and then we will have a, uh, I say a watch party, but no, with the Raptors game is at home still. Yeah, a home this, game, This yeah. long homestand is really messing with me because they were on the road so much. I'm like, do they have a road game? Well, they did all the road games, and it was like every other game was a live watch party, and now uh-huh. it's like no live watch party. It's like we've, we had, we've, we've had one this month, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> and then we will have uh, that three-game roadie before the before the deadline, uh, where we will yeah. all, uh, again. I will. We were we are opening up the watch parties uh, between now and the, the um, uh, trade deadline, just because mm-hmm. there's just stuff is likely to happen, and having it all in one one environment makes it much much easier. So again, thank you guys so much. Take care. Talk soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.